Welcome to the Rutledge Perspective Podcast. This podcast is for you, and I welcome you to come as you are. There is no judgment here, just folks doing everything they can to stand in their power and show up every single day. So if you're looking for inspiration, welcome. If you're looking to level up or to make a change or you just need a minute, welcome. And if you're looking for some perspective on your circumstances, either personal or professional, well, that's my jam. No matter why you're here, I'm glad you are. And this message is for you. Welcome to my village. Welcome to this week's episode of the Relish Perspective Podcast. And I am so excited to have my guest and... My SAR that we found out through a program that we were in as my guest this week on the podcast. This is Dr. Shayla Toombs Withers, and she is a board certified doctor in family medicine and obesity medicine. And she has a plant-based nutrition diet. She really focuses on having our food be our medicine. And so we're going to dive into some of that, how she got into what she's doing now and all the other stuff that you expect from the Rutledge perspective. Dr. Shayla, SAR Shayla, welcome to the Rutledge perspective. Thank you so much, Sora Laurel. I'm excited to be here and joining you. This is just, this is going to be great. And so we, you know, we talk a lot about on the Rutledge perspective about being open and, and Dr. Shayla and I actually met in a business accelerator that we were both in. And so we both happened to see kind of the pink and green in the background. And so right. she's like, wait, are you in? I'm like, yeah, are you in? So, you know, sisterhood. And so um, I started listening to what she was saying, and I thought, I've got to bring this to my folks for a number of reasons. You guys know how I feel about education, how I feel about leadership, and Dr. Shayla has all of that in there. And so where I'd like to start is you are a physician and have really focused on plant-based medicine, but I want to go back to kind of how you started. When did you decide to go into medicine, and, and how did you really stick with it? Yeah, yeah. So I, I will start, you know. I'll say I always loved science. I was always, you know, that kid that was in the science fair through school, through middle school, through high school. And so I knew I wanted to do science in some capacity, you know, but I wasn't so sure of what that was going to look like exactly. Um, For a while there, I thought I actually wanted to go more into biomedical engineering Mm. um, and more on to that side of things. Uh, And I actually did a summer program. I did um, one at Xavier when I was in high school. I did an engineering program. And what that really taught me was that I didn't so much like engineering. (laughs) (laughs) The power of those summer programs. Exactly. Nothing against Xavier, but I felt I didn't didn't like drawing and, you know, all the dimensions and that side of it. And so I said, okay, well, um, I still like science. So we're going to still, you know, go this road. And so then I uh, went to undergrad, I went to Tennessee State, uh, historically black college, and it was great, just that nurturing environment, mm-hmm. you know, from an HBCU, um, my professors, they they wanted us to succeed, um, you know, whatever you wanted to do, and they were there to help. Um, you know, my, my dean, even over the biology department there, uh, he was just so helpful in putting experiences before us. Uh, and so I did another summer program while in college, mm-hmm. and this time it was at Brown University, um, and it was in uh, lab-based uh, STEM mm-hmm. science. And so we were working on a project um, in terms of looking at sepsis and how it works, mm-hmm. and it was a, a mice. Uh, study that we were doing with mice. And so we had to do these surgeries. Now, this uh, was another strikeout for me because I don't do mice. Um, (laughs) 
especially not live ones that are running around. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, I, you know, I love what I was learning and being able to do these micro surgeries and these things, but I could not overcome like seeing cages and cages of mice yeah. everywhere running around and you having to pick these mice up and do all of this stuff. And so I said, yep, nope. Uh, research-based science. That's not for me. I'm, I guess medicine it is. <laughs> yeah. Human medicine. Let me correct. You. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right. Right. And so, yeah. And so that, you know, really just those experiences helped to, mm-hmm. to narrow it down um, for me from there. And really, I just, you know, proceeded. I looked at different types of uh, medicine in terms of mm-hmm. thinking, you know, what I may want to specialize in, and then even different medical schools. I became mm-hmm. uh, drawn to the osteopathic philosophy just because it had a more holistic basis um, from mm-hmm. even the way the osteopathic profession was founded um, based yeah. out of traditional medicine, but with a more holistic perspective. And so that was something mm-hmm. that I, I really liked. And so, you know, I went on to attend medical school through there. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I, I want to talk about that a little bit later too. the whole MD versus DO, all of that kind of yeah. stuff, right? It's kind of like EDD versus PhD. And there's right. been so much change around that. And so maybe we can hit on that towards the end. And if not, we'll hit that yeah. when we do a live show together, um, we can hit Sounds on that good. topic. <laughs> um, but one of the things you, you mentioned in this conversation that I think is so important, especially for students, you took advantage of opportunities in summers and internships and programs to actually test out what you thought you wanted to do. That is such an important opportunity for people. And I think we don't, especially our kids, black and brown kids, don't always take advantage of some of those programs. What was it that you think really drove you to say, you know what, let me invest this time in the summer instead of just hanging out let me invest this yeah. time in the summer to actually see if this is what I want to do. And oh, by the way, make some contacts, figure out if I like the school, right. all that kind of stuff. What was it that made you see the value in that? Yeah, I, you know, honestly, I would say it was twofold. One was my parents. They they mm-hmm. have always, you know, let us know that having a college education was important, um, you know, and, and achieving, you know, what you set mm-hmm. out to be your goal. Those things are important and, and just taking proper steps to get there. Uh, and then honestly, you know, the other part to that were the school environments that I went mm-hmm. to. I was blessed to have gone to a uh, predominantly African-American high mm-hmm. school where once again, the staff was really invested in yeah. seeing us succeed. Um, and mm-hmm. so, you know, my counselor in high school, even they they really made an effort for us to know that these opportunities were out there and mm-hmm. to encourage us to, you know, apply to these things. And the same thing mm-hmm. with attending an HBCU in college, um, <clears throat> excuse me, just, you know, really having these um, mentors, you know, to mm-hmm. really uh, prepare us and, and just give us these opportunities. And then yeah. it was up to you, you know, yeah, to, to make it happen and apply and do it. Yeah. Um, and I've always been, you know, kind of a, a self-motivator um, too mm-hmm. when it comes to those things and, and a reader and a, a learner. I, I always have yeah. a thirst for knowledge. Even now, you know, I have to tell myself, no, you do not need another certification in this or that, you know, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's, it's hard. <laughs> When you are a lifelong learner, it's like there's always something else to learn. There's always something else to do, right? And sometimes you have you do have to tell yourself, not today. Just right. wait. You know, do you really need to take one more test? Do you really need to get right. one more exactly. test? Really? <laughs> just just no, yeah. right? Well, you know, I think we we've heard so much about STEM and STEAM and and especially not only in the area of medicine, but just in general. You know, we're finding so many 
so many organizations are looking for folks that not only have a STEM or a STEAM background, and I'm glad they started adding it, adding STEAM so that incorporated the arts because that's a really important right. piece of it. But understanding that there's a, a way of thinking when you're in the sciences, right? That whole critical thinking piece that quite frankly is just sorely missing. And so when I talk to leaders in organizations and having been in HR and dealt with kind of the medical piece of our companies, right? That whole idea around critical thinking, how wellness is such a key piece of productivity and efficiency and effectiveness, right? Engagement, all of those things kind of wrap around this wellness piece. And we're seeing so many organizations now will look to their engineers or their folks with this critical thinking, scientific thinking to do things like their marketing team, right? Or their sales or their HR, somebody who can actually think critically through situations. When you think back around your training uh, in this area of STEM and where you are now, what are some of the critical pieces around having, have about having the science background or even for people who may take one or two science classes, right? What is what are some of the key things that you take away from that that you that has really enabled you to think differently, not only about your own practice, but just in general about how you make decisions and how you interact with people? Yeah, that that's an excellent question. Uh, so there are there are a couple of things there, and so and one of the things I really like that you pointed out is that they have added the arts um, into yeah. STEM, making it STEAM, uh, because mm-hmm. that part is so important, especially as we talk about critical thinking. Uh, another yes. part of my background is that I'm also a musician. I also play several instruments, um, you know, all through uh, middle school, high school, elementary. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we know, you know, what studies have shown us now, even um, that exposing children to things like classical music and different yes. types of music as young as in utero has made a, a key difference in, in brain development and their ability yes. to be able to concentrate and focus and think. Um, so yeah, so adding that art piece to it has has been very important. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to, you know, to further answer your question in terms of critical thinking, a lot of it even goes back to kind of the old school scientific method, you know, um, in medicine, yes. a lot of times uh, just seeing a patient the first thing you're thinking, you're you're evaluating that person even before right. they ever even talk to you, before you know you ever even you know really know all of what their symptoms are and what they're telling right. you. You already you've already you know done half of your physical just looking at them, um, <laughs> you know, and so. And so a lot of that, you know, is is part of the scientific method. So your hypotheses about what you think may be going on um, Mm -hmm. and then your actually methods and things that you're doing to actually further evaluate um, that person or what, you know, they may have going on. uh, Then those other key factors that are around them, you know, who's in the hospital room with them? Who's, you know, that kind of Mm -hmm. thing that they have a big soda on their desk and are they there, you know, seeing you for diabetes? Um, So, you know, you're looking at a, a lot of different factors that are going into that. And so really just, you know, being able to use your mind and thinking beyond just what may be just, you know, the obvious right in front of you and just, you know, pulling in all of those other factors into how that you you look at things into how you evaluate Mm -hmm. your patient as well as into, you know, other decisions that you you may make for your business or, you know, for Mm -hmm. your work environment, Um, you know, it can translate over to those things Mm -hmm. too. 
I love that because, you know, and, and I grew up playing too. My dad was a musician. And so I grew up playing the flute. Um, and so all that classical music and all that, and it does, I mean, you have to learn how to count, right. You have to learn how to do yep. fractions when you play you music. Do. I mean, there's a, yeah. there's a lot of yeah, math and so music. much that you learn. Right. It is. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then if you're in marching band, that memorization, I mean, it's just yep. really great brain activity. Um, but one of the things you said that I want to tap into is you said, you know, you got these patients coming in, you're listening to them, you're watching them, you're observing them and understanding before they even, you know, get into the, the meat of the exam. And what's what's key about what you said that I think people often miss is there's a piece of critical thinking that is clarity in observation. It's yeah. a way to listen holistically. Like I tell people, listening actively is with your ears and your eyes, right? Yeah, and so that, that whole so critical thinking and observation is bigger than just, you know, what is the person wearing and how do they sit and all that kind of stuff. You are observing holistically this entire patient experience when you interact with them. And that, that kind of stem, that critical thinking piece enables you to take in data from Mm -hmm. a multitude of different points, right. To get kind of a perspective on things. And so, you know, as you, as you took that and started thinking about what you wanted to do, and got into, as you said, kind of the, the osteopathic side, because it's so much more holistic than, than traditional medicine. And then you really moved into this plant-based nutrition. What drove you into that arena? Yeah. So really it, it was healing myself is, is really mm-hmm. what, you know, led me towards plant-based nutrition. I had found that I started suffering from abdominal pain, um, and it just, you know, became more severe and it kind of seemed like no matter what I ate, although at the time I didn't realize it, it was what I was eating. Um, yeah. and so, you know, I went and saw my own doctor, uh, you name it, I had it done. It's part of the workup. Um, and everything mm-hmm. was normal. Thankfully, you know, they, they really yeah. found nothing. And so the doctor said, he said, well, let's just try elimination diet and let's just mm-hmm. see if we, you know, start kind of one by one with eliminating certain things. And so we eliminated dairy first. Um, mm-hmm. As we know, you know, lactose intolerance is, is yes. very common, especially amongst African-Americans. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, with my further learning, it actually affects a number of populations. And so I'm even more yes. amazed now that why, you know, milk is readily available in our schools and all, but we probably yes. need a whole nother podcast. Right. Go down that road. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, but yeah. So, you know, me just even eliminating that uh, for just two weeks is what he had me do mm-hmm. initially. And I noticed just a dramatic improvement in the mm. way that I felt, you know, I didn't have this pain. Um, and then it just, you know, became a thing. It would, you know, kind of, there were days I would go back and it's kind of a future mm-hmm. adventure day, like, well, do you know, you know, you got to feel this way if you eat right. thing, or, you know, versus not. And just the more that I did it, the more that I put more plants on my plate, I felt so mm-hmm. much better. I was able to do yeah. so much more. Um, I had never really been an athlete, but being plant-based, I had gone on to run marathons and mm-hmm. uh, do triathlon. And just seeing what difference it made in my own life and in my own health, mm-hmm. um, I wanted to give that to patients um, mm-hmm. too, because I, I just know, you know, that it would, could make such a difference in their lives too. And it has um, for those mm-hmm. people who, you know, have incorporated those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember um, when I left you and I had talked, um, you know, when I left corporate, it was, I mean, I needed to get out. It was, I gained about 60 pounds. I mean, I wasn't sleeping. I hadn't slept on a Sunday for five years. I mean, I just, and and while I was still, my trainer's just amazing. I mean, we were even doing, you know, remote sessions with my iPad, yeah. right? But 
but it's all about also nutrition and, and mobility mm-hmm. for me. It's that combination because I'm, I'm mm-hmm. I, my body is extremely tight. And so I have to be really focused on mobility or it's going to be a problem. You know, as I okay. age, I have to mm-hmm. continue to work on my mobility and focus on that. But one of the things I found, especially my, you know, the gift that keeps on giving my, you know, that I allowed myself to move into type two, knowing that, um, that is something that runs in my family, right? There are a lot of people that wind up and it's, it's prevalent mm-hmm. in the African-American community. If you look at right. the way we eat, right? It's, yep. it's not surprising, um, but also stress contributes to that. Lack yes. of sleep contributes to that. You know, all of those things that we're finding. But what I like about what you said and what I ultimately had to do was make a decision to say, I don't feel good. Right. I don't feel good. And I'm not okay with not feeling good. Mm-hmm. And I have a choice about making a change. And so when you talk about having gone to your doctors and we, you know, we know everything that's going on in the healthcare system, especially with people of color, we're mm-hmm. not always taken seriously, right? Our pain right. is, is not considered to be real pain, all the exactly. things, which again, is a whole different podcast, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, but you can run all the tests and all the tests can say everything's okay. But if you still know something's not right, keep talking. So whether exactly. or not it's your health, whether or not it's your organization, whether or not you're a leader or an individual contributor in your organization, keep saying something if something's just not right. And how did you find that strength? And then how do you have your help your patients find that strength to say, I know what the tests say, but something's not right. How how do you right. help people get there? Yeah, that's that's so important. Um, and really the important part is is you. One of the, you know, I've used it for even the slogan of my business now is that the essence of health is in you. Um, And, you know, or I came up with that because it really is, you know, I can Mm -hmm. tell you a hundred different things to go do, but unless you feel motivated, unless mm-hmm. you feel the drive to do that, unless you want to do that, mm-hmm. um, and unless you find a reason, you know, to do that, you're not going to go do it and you're not yeah. going to, you know, get those results in, unless you are, are ready for that. Um, and so yeah. it really is. And when it comes to, you know, um, making decisions, whether it be for your health or for your business or, you know, what have you, you, you have to have those same factors. You have to be motivated. Yes. You have to have a goal as to why you want to do that. Um, you know, you, you have to, to find your why and you have to want yeah. to do it um, to mm-hmm. be able to go forth and, and make those changes. Yeah. And have a voice. Don't be afraid to yeah. say, yeah. You know, no, this just isn't right. I know, you know, as my, as my grandmother got older, my mother's a surgical nurse, retired surgical nurse, and we'll, we'll go to, to doctor's appointments and stuff with her sometimes too. And, mm-hmm. and, and she asks lots of questions now, but there are certain times yeah. I'm like, mama, you are a nurse. Why didn't you ask that question right now? Yeah. She's also what he wants. She's tired at this point. She's like, I'm just mm-hmm. tired. Right. Yeah. yeah. But we have a tendency to push on to people. And I'd love to have your, your input on this. We have a tendency to push on to experts, whether that's our doctors, our trainers, um, our teachers, right? Our professors, mm-hmm. our best friends. We have a tendency to push onto these experts, a responsibility and, and not even a trust, but a responsibility that if we say something one or two times and they tell us something, well, they're the expert, they must know, uh-huh. but no one knows you better than you. Right. So how, how do you Stand in your expertise as a physician. Mm-hmm. You've got the training. You've got the knowledge. Yeah. You know what you're doing. This is not just fly-by-night medicine here. Right. You specifically worked to get where you are. How do you help people balance? Look, I know what I know. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of art in medicine. 
And I need there is hate, right? Exactly. How do you get people to participate in their own health or their own decision making? Yeah, yeah. So I, I look at that a number of ways. And so, you know, there are those times where you you have individuals and you have, you've done everything, you've done every mm. study, you know, and everything. And, right. and there is is nothing, you know, I say nothing in quotes, um, yeah. that, you know, scientifically or medically, yeah. you know, that, that I can diagnose you with and say that, oh, this is it, you know, kind yep. of thing. But the other part to that is that there are so many different factors that play a part into our health. Um, mm-hmm. beyond just of what we think. So when a person, yeah. you know, still comes to me and say, oh, you know, I still don't feel good. I'm still fatigued, yeah. I, you know, every day. Um, you know, I, I still maybe having stomach pain or these issues. Then we need mm-hmm. to look beyond um, the obvious. And a lot of yeah. times it it's, you know, especially in our country, it's stress related. Um, yes. It can be mental health related depression and anxiety, Mm -hmm. Uh, anxiety particularly can actually have physical symptoms for people. Um, And, you know, we may not find anything wrong on a, on a test, um, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean it's not there, Uh, but it's getting to the root of that. And so, you know, beyond just having people a lot of times change what they put on their plate or, you know, me Mm -hmm. giving them a prescription for something. A lot of the things that I also like to look into is how well do they sleep? How much mm-hmm. stress are they under? You know, are they working day and night? Um, yeah. Are they, you know, trying to take care of mom and kids and everybody else, you know, and not having mm-hmm. time for themselves? Uh, and then we institute some other things. So we institute some some coping uh, strategies. Mm-hmm. We institute some meditation. Um, I find a lot with my my folks who are professionals that a lot of, mm-hmm. for a lot of us, we just don't take the time to slow down a little bit. So even just, you know, adding a five or 10 minute meditation, whether it be on your lunch break or right Mm -hmm. after a meeting or, you know, taking a few minutes, just sitting in your car can make a world of difference even um, in how you feel physically, you know, Um, because because there's an interconnectedness between our our brain and our mind as well as our body. Yes. Um, And so just, you know, realizing that and knowing that that part is important, too. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I can't stress it enough. I mean, people who've been following me for a while, those of you who've been listening to the podcast for a while, know I'm a huge believer in, in therapy. I've had my therapist for years, you know, over a decade. And it is so important to have one, to have your village, right? Those people you right. can go to that you can rely on, uh, but do not shy away from a professional therapist or, or psychotherapist or whatever you need to take care of you. And especially those in black and brown communities, we need to stop having so much shame around seeking help for mental health, for anxiety, Mm -hmm. for depression, for stress. Look at what just happened to Twitch. Right. And I know that's going to date the podcast, but that's just a real thing. No one saw that coming, or at least no one saw it enough to be able to say something. Right. Right. And, and so I'm going to take this moment in the middle of this podcast to say, if you are in crisis or if you are in need of help, the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline now has an emergency number that is easy. It's 988. If you see someone, if you know someone, if you yourself are in crisis, 988, it will connect you immediately with someone to talk to. Their 800 number still works. And I believe it's 800-255-TALK. 
um, I believe. Um, but 988 is the right emergency number to get you connected with someone immediately. Please do not suffer alone. Please do not suffer in silence. There are people here who want you here. You are valuable because you exist. You do not have to be perfect to be priceless. And so please, just as a public service announcement, if you really are really stressed, if you're under anxiety, if you're feeling depressed, if you just don't feel yourself talk to someone. There are people there who can help you. And especially now with all the teletherapy and all that kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. do some, call somebody and 988 is free. It's free support. So please, please do that. So, so Dr. Shayla, you know, we, as we think about where we're going and what we're doing and how we're aging and what we want our lives to be like, right. And, and the things that we want to do and, and encouraging folks, especially those of us who who have children or nieces and nephews and black and brown children and people of color who are thinking about STEM and especially in medicine. We need more doctors who look like us, who understand, right, our our journeys and the things that are are critical to our relationships. Um, One of the things you talked about was kind of this nutrition and the plant-based piece and really having gone plant-based. And we know for a fact that many of our communities are food deserts. And we also know for a fact that healthy food can be, I'm not going to say always is, but can be much more expensive than just running a McDonald's for their $5 menu um, and getting a full meal. What is it that you would encourage people to think about around that whole nutrition piece, especially thinking about a plant-based diet when they are trying to juggle time and efficiency and got to pack a lunch and the lettuce is going to go bad in two days, but I can just do this other thing. that's not going to bad. You know, how, how are you encouraging your patients and other people, you know, in your community and the people you surround yourself with to really think differently about food and, and about how they spend on food? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so a couple of things that that you touched on that are very important. Yes, we definitely need more black black and brown individuals in medicine. Uh, There have been studies that have come out, thankfully, now that shows that black and brown doctors take better care of black and brown patients. Yes. Um, Yes. You know, and and that bias, as much as we would like for it not to be there, it, it is. Um, yes. And so we definitely have a need. So I, I do, if anyone's listening they, and they've thought about even an inkling of going into medicine, do it. We, we definitely yes. need you in this line of work. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, in terms of African-Americans and people of color and getting more plants on our plate, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, some, it's so important. Um, mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that I like to highlight is the health disparities that we suffer from yes. um, in our communities. You know, we have the highest rates of heart disease, diabetes, mm-hmm. high blood pressure, strokes, all of these things, um, cancer. Um, mm-hmm. And a large part of them are preventable um, yeah. from a standpoint of, you know, what we consume and mm-hmm. uh, the matter of if we are moving our bodies or not. Yes. Um, you know, there is a component to it that we do know that chronic stress uh, plays a part yes. in it. And we we have recognized um, even in the medical arena that people of color are under chronic stress um, due yes. to, you know, racism and and disparity in this country. Um, and so we do recognize that, but the, the things that we can do and the things that we mm-hmm. do have control over are what we put into our bodies. Um, yes. And so, you know, when we think about costs, uh, I think of it in terms of you're going to pay now or pay later kind of thing. Right. Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> healthcare, healthcare is, is not cheap. 
Um, no. And so, you know, you're either going to spend that money on feeding your body well, or you're going to yes. be spending it on medications and hospital yes. stays and doctor's visits. Um, mm-hmm. But you'll be much happier if you were spending that money on eating well. You know, you'll feel yes. much better too. Um, yeah. And so, you know, if you if you kind of think of it that way, um, you know, that should help some. And then the other part to it is that plant-based eating doesn't really have to be more expensive. Um, it's right. what you choose to consume. Mm-hmm. Um, but things that you can buy in bulk, uh, rice, brown rice, particularly oatmeal, uh, mm-hmm. dried beans, those things are relatively yes. cheap. You know, yes. you can typically go and get them for a dollar or less in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to be much cheaper than, you know, a steak or a hamburger even. Right. Um, and then, you know, in terms of time, one of the things that I think we forget about time is, you know, I talked to a, a professional not that long ago who's a client of mm-hmm. mine, and we talked about why they always go through the drive through. And so mm-hmm. they said, well, you know, pick up the kids. And so we go through the drive through, and then I can just have the food and we go home. But then mm-hmm. we, you know, we rethought that. I thought, well, what if you went home instead and made your salad? And you put, you know, open a can of beans, even put a can of right. you know beans on it. Maybe you bulk cook some rice, you know, the day before, put some of that mm-hmm. on it. It's like you probably could have that same, you know, meal in about five minutes. Um, right. You know, you're going to spend longer in the drive-through line even <laughs> than what yes. it will take you to put that together when you get home. Right. And so, you know, for a lot of us, it's even just rethinking because, you mm-hmm. know, we have gotten program, you know, these marketers, they do a great job of saying, you know, oh, you they know, do. the one dollar menu and you just drop yes. it your way and all those things. <laughs> yeah. You know, but you can have that at home and it doesn't have to be difficult or it doesn't have to be, you know, uh taxing even. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it doesn't even have to be perfect. Just, just put some food on the plate that's gonna nourish you. That's the key there. Right. Yeah. Well it's funny, I was watching a documentary this weekend on the automat because I love everything old, right? All that stuff in the 1950s and 60s. And they were talking about the automat, the whole, and it was all a, a documentary about Hardin and Hardart, who started the first automat in Pennsylvania and then in New York. And um, one of their advertising pieces as they started getting more and more competition, because um, it was like a nickel, right? For for nickels, that you put those in the vending machines and you got your pie or you got your meatloaf or you got your beans or whatever it was. And they started talking about how the, the beauty of the automat was it took a lot of the work away from mom, right? It didn't have so much stuff that mom had to do. And I thought, so as you're talking about that, I'm like, yep, you know, that whole movement towards frozen food and packaged Mm -hmm. food and all of that was all about efficiency, but it also meant more preservatives, right? Right. All of those kind of things that are in. And by the way, y'all, I'm sure when Dr. Shayla is talking about, look, more plants, put more plants in the plate. She's not talking about the greens with all the bacon that we all love. (laughs) Right, (laughs) right. And all the salt and all the grease. And I'm a good for some, some, you know, roasted Brussels sprouts with a little bit of bacon. (laughs) (laughs) Bacon is not horrible, but it's not the thing that you need to be clogging your arteries with every day, every meal. Right. Exactly. Um, Oh, I'm from the about- South, so I, I get it. And see, I, I, right? you know, I get that people people feel the need, but you know, we can season our food with, with things yes. beyond bacon, you know, uh, dry yes. seasonings, make great alternatives. I, I'm a garlic person. Yes. I put garlic on everything Me too. Um, and it tastes great. <laughs> yeah, yes. So, garlic powder you know, and onion powder. Exactly. Yep. That's it's the start to every recipe. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. We just have to rethink some things and, and retrain our palates, I think. Um, right. You know, and, and honor the fact that 
we didn't get here overnight. There are some institutional and systemic things that got us here, right? There's a reason that we eat some of the things we eat because those were the only things that we were afforded the ability to eat, you know, generations ago, right? 16, 19 and beyond. So there were, there's a reason that our diets look the way they look. Um, But that doesn't mean that when you know better, you don't do better, right? Because now we know better and we can do better. And that doesn't mean you don't have your Thanksgiving. We have all the stuff, right? That you just, that your body's craving, but for the most part, you know, 95, 98% of the time, if you don't make time for your wellness, you will be forced to make time for your illness. I love that, mm, that quote yeah. that I I've, I keep seeing all over the place, right? Yeah. Um, as we go into Christmas and I'm like, mom, will you make your brownies? Oh, and the one, two, three, four cake and the holiday, <laughs> <laughs> the holiday right. dessert. Oh yeah. And the striped cookies, right? Yeah. yeah. Food. This time, this time of year is, is definitely a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Like, yeah. Okay. And the tamales, because see, it's Christmas. You can't have Christmas in Texas uh, without tamales, man. So, you know, we got to have the tamales. Um, <laughs> you know, as we, as we start to end this, uh, because what I love for you guys who are listening about talking with Dr. Shayla is no matter whether you are in medicine or you're dealing with a health issue or you're in a company, right. And you're leading people or you're just there yourself, this whole idea of, one, critical thinking through STEM education, having having those critical thinking skills is key to be able to understand how to get and disseminate and utilize data. That's one. The second thing that she talked about is really those choices that we make to use our voice and manage our own health and really think through what it is we need and thinking holistically when we don't feel good, what is it? And then making a choice to do something different because we all have a choice. So Dr. Shayla, as we, as we kind of come to the end of this, if there are a couple of things that you would tell someone, um, first, I'm going to ask it from this perspective, who is thinking about medicine as a career or one of the sciences as a career, especially a kid of color, right? Or someone who has a child who is thinking about medicine and then they're getting ready to go into physics too. And it's like, oh, you know, do I really want to do this? What are a couple of things that you would tell them if they're really thinking, you know, medicine or at least one of the sciences, what I really think I want to do? Yeah. So the first thing I would have them do is is reach out um, to find a mentor. And whether mm-hmm. that be a Black doctor or, you know, a Black scientist, um, mm-hmm. even most of us are are happy to, you know, to pay it forward and to help yeah. the next uh, generation. Uh, so just don't, you know, don't hesitate to, to reach mm-hmm. out, whether that, you know, be contact their office or find their email or something of that yeah. nature. Uh, the next thing would be to reach out to um, the HBCUs because a lot of mm. them do have programs. And a lot of times, um, you know, in HBCUs and as well mm. as other universities, and a lot of times these programs don't even go field because a lot of people don't right. know about them, don't know that they exist yes. or don't think about them, um, you know, in the science field. So so definitely look for them mm. and, and reach out um, and, you know, have your child be a part of it. They don't, you know, even if they don't stick to it. Like I said, I, you know, I yeah. did engineering and all these other things, but it was still a, right. a learning experience, you know, just, yeah. to, just to try it. Um, and then talk to the the folks at their school because these mm. people should be getting information that, you know, and whether yeah. or not they, they readily give it to your student, uh, is a right. story, <laughs> but <laughs> Yeah, you know, at, least, at least challenge them 
um, yeah. and talk to them to do that. Uh, but definitely, you know, look out uh, and try to find a mentor. Uh, the National mm-hmm. Medical Association, as well as the Student National Medical Association, oh, okay. uh, they are both the National um, African American mm-hmm. uh, Councils of, of Doctors and Pre Med mm-hmm. individuals. The student one is for uh, medical students, Love and that. then the national one is doctors. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they both have um, a mentorship component to them. Oh, uh, and then they usually have resources too for like summer programs and things of that nature. So yeah, mm-hmm. uh, folks can also go on their websites and find information there. Oh, I love that. And we'll include that in the show notes for folks too. Mm-hmm. So so if you're listening and you are a student, definitely do that. If you're listening and you're the parent of a student, you know, the same thing, encourage people to go. Because as you heard Dr. Shayla say earlier, she just did a couple of programs, right? In the summer, she just went and tested it out. And through testing it out, she was able to narrow down what it is she really wanted to do. I mean, mm-hmm. I took physics in undergrad. I loved I loved my first semester of physics. Then electricity and magnetism hit, and I'm like, I've got no interest in that whatsoever. <laughs> and organic chemistry, pff, when when the quiz, the 50 point quiz, has a mean mean of five, no, 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 yeah. no, right? <laughs> I think I think that's organic chem at whatever university you go to. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you've got to be kidding me, and I think I got a four, and I was like, what? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Exactly. When you celebrated that. Yes. I, I can understand. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. This is not where I need to be. And, and, but taking that opportunity, as she said, to really test those waters, people change their, the last thing I read was students change their major and average of three times. That means there are people who change their major more than that. So it's okay. It's better to know and to test and to try in safe spaces um, then not, right? Just test it out. If you hate it, you hate it. At least now you know. So then the last question, Dr. Shayla, is for those folks who are really thinking about kind of moving to this plant-based diet, actually I've got two questions, who are moving to a plant-based diet, what is kind of the first thing they can do to start doing that? Yep. They can start today. Just putting mm-hmm. some plants on their plate. Like I said, I a lot of times, you know, people overcomplicate things and, and yeah. I'm a, a simplicity kind of person. So the first thing I have patients do is just, just put the plants on your plate. What do you like to eat? If you if it's tacos you like to eat, that's an easy one. Let's just uh, leave out the chicken or the, you know, the pork or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and let's just use the plants this time and, and see how mm-hmm. you like it. You know, maybe try yeah. some, some beans as your, your filler only. Um, or even some plant-based crumbles if you're up for trying that. Um, but you don't yeah. have to you, even make it that complicated. Just put the plants mm-hmm. on your plate. Um, go with what you like first and then build yeah. from there. I love that. I love that. And 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 then for those of us, because I, I generally do a plant-based diet. I've moved away from it probably in the last, this last year has been kind of a resetting because I, like I said, I lost about 60 pounds really fast and my body needed this year to just kind of settle. So I'm I'm actually getting back on the plan because I need to, to get back down some more. Um, but what I found, at least for me, um, and again, this is the disclaimer, Dr. Shayla is not giving medical advice to folks who are not her patients, right? So I'm asking her this question as a general guideline. So please do not take anything that she gives you as specific medical advice for your medical condition. Hello. Okay. Everybody got that. All right. So for me, you know, I, I love plant-based. Um, I actually did some pescatarian because I did need to get more protein. I just, with the level of workouts I was doing, it just wasn't enough protein. I also can't consume soy. So I, and so I, a lot of those things I can't do. So a lot of the, the tofu and all of that, that's soy based for those who are looking to, to get in enough protein because they are increasing their workout. What are some of the things that you 
tell people who are on kind of plant-based diets or if they want to do pescatarian or if they just want to, you know, oh, do not red meat. How do you help them mm-hmm. continue to get protein so they can still do effective workouts, shakes or yeah. whatever? Like whey protein yeah, is that's my, a great, my jam. That's, that's a great question. Now I will, uh, the, the first challenge I will say is yeah. that most of us actually get enough protein. Now mm-hmm. it is for certain that if we're working out, we are burning um, muscle and we're burning more of that right. off and we do want to replenish that. Mm-hmm. So we probably do do, you know, want to finish our workout and have a, a shake or a smoothie yeah. even. Um, mm-hmm. But there are a couple of things that you can do. Um, one thing I like is cannellini beans. Um, and there's mm. some people call them white beans or, you know, maybe yeah. different things, but they essentially have no flavor to them. So you can mm-hmm. really, you know, they're whatever you make them. So you can put oh, them cool. in a smoothie. You can put them, you know, on top of a salad. You can almost mm-hmm. put them in anything and they'll take on the flavor of whatever you want it to be. But it's a great source of protein. It's a great source mm-hmm. of fiber um, mm-hmm. with that. And then another thing that people often forget about um, are our high fiber foods also are high in protein. So things mm. like still cut oats. Um, mm. Things like mm-hmm. uh, our brown rice is going to have protein. Things like mm-hmm. barley, farro. Uh, quinoa mm. is another good source. Those are I all love good quinoa. sources. Yeah, they're good sources of protein as well as fiber. Um, and mm-hmm. the fiber helps our cholesterol. It helps to yeah. um, stabilize our blood sugar. Um, and then, you know, we get a source of protein there too. So there are definitely some good plant-based sources. And then mm-hmm. other foods that we eat that a lot of the times we don't even realize has protein. So for instance, broccoli has protein in mm-hmm. it. Uh, spinach mm-hmm. has protein in it. Um, the majority mm-hmm. of things will have some protein. Now you're definitely will have to eat more of it. Um, But that's also the kind of the good thing about a plant-based diet is is it's not one of those diets where we have to so much limit um, what Mm -hmm. we eat. A lot of times, you know, people will try a certain diet and say, oh, I'm starving. You know, I'm on a diet Mm -hmm. that's hungry. You don't have to be hungry on this kind of diet because, you know, nobody's uh, getting a heart attack from eating too many carrots kind of thing. Right. You you can can definitely, you know, go for it and knock yourself out there um, in terms of how much you eat. Uh, And so, yeah, Mm -hmm. that's just a couple of ways. But then, yeah, for sure, uh, tofu, tempeh, those will, you know, be really good sources Mm -hmm. um, of protein, too, if you don't have a condition to where that, you know, you can't have those items. Right. Oh, I love that. Cause I, and, and again, I'm not plugging these people I've used them. Um, and, and they've had some issues lately, but I've, I've had for the most part, really good luck. Um, but if somebody's looking for something daily harvest has some really great plant-based things that are frozen and their shakes are fantastic. So that's what I use. And they all come, they're delivered to your house. They're frozen. They have dry ice around them and you just stick your, either your coconut water or your almond milk or your cashew milk or whatever, um, in there and, and have you a shake. And in fact, that's what I'm going to do for my, my afternoon snack when we're done is, is get my protein shake with whey protein, because I can't do, um, the egg protein, that egg white protein. Uh-huh. There's some, um, now, and then there are some with pea protein now too. Orgain makes, um, one that, that I like to, it has mm-hmm. pea protein in it. Um, and so, you know, that's another way if you do, if you, yeah. professionals, a lot of times we're on the go and you do need something kind of yes. quick that you can just grab. So that's a good source, yeah. um, of one. Too. Exactly. Yeah. Cause that, that pea protein, I can do that every once in a while. I have to have it mixed with something mm-hmm. else. Cause it can have, for me, it can have kind of a strong, um, a strong taste to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but but there's it the the bottom line, folks, is there are options. Yeah, there are options. And and if you are a food volume person, I'm not. If you are a food volume person, you need to see a lot on your plate. Plant based, 
is going to be your jam because you it can is. fill it up, man. <laughs> you can. Yeah. What's <laughs> yeah. say? You're yeah. not going to get a heart attack from eating too many carrots. So you definitely will not. <laughs> <laughs> so give yourself an opportunity to get some plants in your diet. I've got some bok choy in my refrigerator right now that's getting ready to get roasted because mm. I love me some bok choy and some Brussels sprouts and yeah, all those fibrous, delicious. you know, cruciferous mm. vegetables. You know, they're really good, good crunch. So if you need mm. texture, that's really good. Get you some avocado. Now, I don't slice avocado. I have to have mine mashed up. I I know it's weird. I can't do slices because I feel like I'm eating Crisco. But if you mash it up, put Ah. some salsa in it, give me guacamole all day long, right? (laughs) I can do that. You just got to know yourself, right? It's all right. Just got to know yourself. Texas. (laughs) Whatever works. So, well, I want you guys to really, if if you hear nothing else from this, one, If you or someone you know is really interested in STEM and there is specifically a person of color, please encourage that. Encourage, support, find information. We need more of us in the STEM situations, right? We need us more in the sciences and we especially need more of us as doctors and physicians. We need need that. And second, you have an option about your health. Just get up and move. You don't have to join a gym. You don't have to get a trainer go out and walk. It doesn't take Mm -hmm. any money to put some shoes on and just go walk, get moving and eat well. Um, If there is something, if you're in a place that has a food desert, start talking about it, go to your community meetings about it. Um, We have some food deserts here in Houston and it's a huge city. We have some serious food deserts and people started screaming about it. And now we've got some really great stores that have come into those places. We've got one of the very first uh, the very first black owned grocery store was up in North Houston. And there was just another one that was opened, I think in fifth ward. Um, so we've got some people moving and shaking to ensure that, that communities of color are getting access to really good food. And oh, by the way, they're supporting farmers and agricultural people of color in, in stocking their stores. So it's, it's a community effort. So Please go out and take care of you. It is important. We have a choice. Yes, there are institutional things that are a problem, but it's only a continual problem if we allow it to be. So let's step into our power and and do something different and choose to do something different as much as we can. Do what you can with what you've got. I'm not saying go out and buy up the store and bok choy, but if you can go get a head of lettuce or just do rice, as Dr. Shayla said, do some beans. I've got four bags of beans and I keep beans in my house, right? Four bags of beans, throw that stuff in a pot with some water. It's okay, right? You can do that. So Dr. Shayla, thank you. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for letting us know that there are options. Uh, And thank you for your time. I'm so appreciative that you were here. And I'm so excited for people to get to know you. And we're going to have to do it again. We're going to do a live show for sure. Yeah. Thank you so much, Sora Laura. It it was really fun to chat with you. Yeah. Thank you. This has been awesome. And so for those of you who are listening and watching, I will have all of Dr. Shayla's information in the show notes. So please do that and, and listen to those and, and check her out because she also does some, some nutritional coaching. Um, she is in Tennessee. So if you're in Tennessee and you're listening and you're looking for a new physician, reach out to her. She also has her own podcast. So be sure and check out her podcast. I'll have a link to that also in the show notes. Um, and as always, thank you for listening. I appreciate every listen, every download, every comment. If there's something you want to hear, Uh, that you want me to talk about, a topic, a person you want me to interview, send me a DM and I'm happy to try to make that happen. Have a great rest of your week. Thank you for tuning in and we'll catch you next time. Bye. You have been listening to the Rutledge Perspective Podcast. Thank you so much for downloading and for connecting. You can find previous episodes of the podcast on my website at laurelrutledge.com forward slash podcast. 
You can also find me on social media at Laurel K. Rutledge and or The Rutledge Perspective. And I'd love your perspective on the things we talk about. And if there's a specific topic you want me to cover, just let me know. And please share this podcast with someone in your village who may need this little piece of perspective today. And if you're so inclined, I would really appreciate a five-star rating and review on the platform of your choice. Apple Podcasts and Spotify reviews are particularly helpful. Thank you again for listening. Take care.